people on this camp are a little sensitive about maniac stories, especially um, after what happened here back in 75. Come on, what is it? There was this guy named Bernie, and he used to live up here in a cabin with his folks. And Bernie was this dumb, gentle guy. He used to uh, walk, walk through the woods feeding the deer and like that. And the rest of the time he spent chopping wood. And every couple of weeks or so, his pop would take the wood that he chopped down into the valley and sell it. And that's how they survived. Anyway, one day, they get a letter telling them the county is going to build a road up the mountain to turn the mountain into a recreation area with campsites and like that to draw the tourists. How rotten. What a rip. Yeah. Well, Bernie's pop says if the county wants his family out, they're going to have to throw him out. He's not moving. So what happened? So they sent a bunch of deputies up there to throw them out. Only something went wrong. What? Well, no one knows exactly what happened. But according to the official report, Bernie's pop pulled the gun and the deputies opened fire. And when it was over, Bernie's mom was dead. And the old man was wounded and they took him into jail and they kept him there for a couple of years. What about Bernie? Bernie? took off by himself into the woods that night. They say he stayed up here, chopping wood and going crazy. After that, everybody kind of forgot about him for a while. But then, then they opened the road and the tourists started coming in. And? And Bernie goes totally berserk. He comes down here with that axe of his in his hand, and he starts swinging, and he starts chopping up these campers left and right. You see, in his mind, they were all to blame, right? Well, the next day, a young deputy finds him by the river next to a pile of arms and legs. Welcome to Definitely First Blood. My name is Mitch. And I'm Christopher, and we are a horror movie podcast. We talk about horror movies of the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s, and sometimes today. Speaking of today, hi. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. It's Thursday. 
It is Thursday. Almost Friday for us. Giving away our recording schedule. Well, now, we didn't say which we'll Thursday. Be heavily stocked. Yeah. On Thursdays. You're doxing yeah. us. Sorry. By giving away times in which we record. Doesn't mean we how that works. Record I don't know. every Thursday, or even on regular Thursdays. We could record any old day at any old time. What time is it? Time is but a flat circle, though, my man. Time is but a flat circle, or so Matthew McConaughey says. Yes. We didn't watch anything this week, right? No, we I didn't watch. So. I don't think we watched a single goddamn thing. No. I don't know why we've been slacking so. Nothing much. horror related. It's because nothing <laughs> good that we haven't already seen, I think, has come out. Have you listened to any books or anything? Um, I listened to uh, some short stories by Joe Hill in his Strange Weather collection. But the movie we're talking about today, interesting one, eh? This was the first time that I'd seen it. First Certainly time the first time you'd that seen I've it. seen it. Um, it's been on our list for a while. Okay. So Excited to check one off the list. Definitely. And it's always nice to see something that we haven't seen before. <laughs> yes. Although exactly. I feel like we have seen and heard several parts of it in other things before. But that's <laughs> oh, okay. definitely. That's okay. Including Home Alone, which comes out in 1993, four years after this movie. So was Mo- it inspired? I don't know. It probably was. So Moonstalker from 1989, written and directed by Michael S. O'Rourke. He wrote four movies, Deadly Love, Hellgate, Moonstalker, and Return to Justice. Nice. Classics, all of them. Yep. Stars Blake Gibbons as Bernie. He's probably best known for uh, General Hospital. He was on it from 2002 to 2014. He was also in that Night Trap video game. The one with Dana Plato that's like you watch it on VHS. Oh, the VHS one. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Ingrid Vold as Marcy. She was in a few low-budget movies in the late 80s. Terror in Beverly Hills, Time Barbarians, Deadly Reactor, Uh Dark Secrets. Uh Uh-oh. John Marzilli as Regis. Uh, He was actually Vince Carter, the main villain of Secret World of Alex Mack. Wow. Yeah. Very interesting, eh? Jill Four as Debbie, Anne McFadden as Vicky, and Pamela Ross as Sophie. And Pamela Ross is the whole reason we know about this movie, because she's in Sorority House Massacre. Um, she's in like two movies, pretty much. This and that. Well, thank you, Ms. Ross, for connecting us with this. <laughs> also has Alex Wexler as Bobby and Sue Z, S-I-O-U-X hyphen, Zed, Jessup as Jane. She is a, I guess in Los Angeles, she does like weather reporting and stuff like that now. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. I wonder, is that her legal name? Her Seems Christian to be. name yeah. given to her Seems by to God? Be. I'm awesome. not sure. I'd have to okay. check her birth certificate, I guess. Mm-hmm. The composer for this movie, Douglas Pipes, great name for a composer. Yes, it is. Actually went on to be V successful and do huge movies. He did Monster House. Trick or Treat, Krampus, and The Babysitter. Most recently, he did Into the Dark, one of those episodes. The Pilgrim, I think it was. That's actually really interesting. Uh, The cinematographer, Michael Goy, also went on to success. He was the DP on 23 episodes of My Name is Earl, seven episodes of The Mentalist, The Nine Lives of Chloe King, Glee, Web Therapy, Salem, Screen Queens. So he's working hard. 52 episodes of American Horror Story. Holy shit. Yeah. 
And Make that money. The costume designer, Patricia McLaughlin, also super successful in her field. After this, she went on to do sitcoms in the 90s, uh, like The Golden Girls, Empty Nest, The John Larroquette Show. Uh, oh. She was the costume supervisor on Matilda, Holy Lords shit. of Dogtown, Marley and Me, Hung, The Bling Ring, August Osage County, Ray Donovan, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Big Little Lies, SEAL Team. This is wild. It that is. People... From this movie went on to great success. Yeah, it. but actually, it actually is. It's interesting, amazing. right? And it's like roles that this was like their platform to get into the industry and they actually like were very successful because of it i wonder if he the one guy was the cinematographer was hired on american horror story specifically because this is one of his he did a lot of like low budge (laughs) no-name horror movies around this time too like i feel like that's an asset to that show though definitely that's really interesting actually that they would choose someone who did so many b movies for that show (laughs) Interesting. So we start out a group of young folks dancing around a fire in the snow. Mm-hmm. I always appreciate a winter setting and slash release because Definitely. it's almost always um, like summertime, especially and because this is a camping movie yeah, in the winter. Most people don't camp in the winter. And it was shot in Reno, Nevada. And I guess I'm ignorant, but I had no idea it snowed in Reno, Nevada. <laughs> Neither did I. I just assumed that it was uniformly, extremely arid desert. Uh it's the absolute whitest dancing ever. Oh, yes. And the music is 100% just a ripoff of Halloween. Like, there's no questioning it. Oh. This is the Halloween theme song. Just with more bits thrown yeah. in, in between it to distract More you. like the Halloween 2018 remixes of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One couple goes off by themselves, as of course. Uh, thankfully, to a little pop-up RV and not just, like, the ground. Yeah, but like still, this is a big problem I had with this movie. Uh, People, no situational awareness. Like the killer is like right on their ass. Yeah, the amount of times in my notes I have written like, of course. (laughs) Because so it's so by the numbers Mm -hmm. and like, I don't know. It's just funny because they show so much of him... Uh, stiffly traipsing through the woods uh-huh. when they could have just like spaced it out a little bit where he's like haunting oh, them <laughs> instead of like and our killer creeps up on them he gets his axe well it's their axe yeah which he steals even though he's known for having an axe and he opens it up and then they get killed off screen leaving three dancers remaining, and he walks towards them. So I guess we assume that they die also. Yeah, killing five people for this terrible RV. <laughs> and then find out. title card. Pretty interesting I liked title the title card. card. Over the moon. But then the credits, ah. again, Halloween. <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, I appreciate how brazen it is, at least. Like, there's no denying that Halloween was the inspiration we'll, for this we'll at play, all. We'll put some in there, right? Oh, yeah. It's Who knows? It might be playing the whole time we're talking. I hope so. <laughs> So sometime later, it's unclear if it's right away or if this was like the massacre that they were 
talking about around the campfire, and this is actually 15 years later. I don't know, because the inside of that RV gets changed a lot. Yeah. So maybe you're right. I hadn't well, we never see like the that. inside of the RV. We do when he feeds him the cake. Oh, true, true, yeah. true, true, true. I, I forgot know. about Just that. Very, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. We don't know how how long after. I had assumed it was the next day, but that doesn't necessarily make any sense. Exactly. Hmm. So sometime later, yes. there's some more campers, a family with their RV. Uh, this The dad, Harry, starts their grill up for burgers, which he's very adamant about eating burgers and not microwaving them. It seems like it's breakfast. And also his name is Harry Scroggs. Something like Scroggs. I think it's like really, they emphasize that it's not Scroats. Yeah. But like very, uh, very suspect. Yeah. Interesting name choice. Uh, His kids, Mikey and Tracy Mm -hmm. are not thrilled about being there. They'd rather be in Florida. They also make several um, references that this is within like a stone's throw from Los Los Angeles. Angeles, Where it's warm and sunny. All the time and people, but there's a lot of traffic, says dad. Yeah. Constantly yelling at his wife for the hamburgers and more beer. He goes inside and his wife is just under the covers sitting watching her TV, watching a soap opera. Yeah. Very dramatic. And this guy's a real Clark Griswold type where he's Mm. like, it's just going to be a good old fashioned camping trip. In our high tech RV. accent. Where in the hell's my beer? Vera, you in there? They're my babies too, Jennifer. Vera, you okay? Harry! What the hell's going on, woman? Please, Harry. Jennifer's husband, Rex, just turned up out of nowhere. Everybody thought he was dead. Damn it, Vera, I thought we agreed there wasn't going to be no soap operas. We're going to cook them barbecue hamburgers outside now. Um, they ha- even have to eat outside, which is ridiculous. Because and it's also so cold. also so funny because she's just like, she's wrapped up like she's Sophie in Sophie's Choice. Oh, I was going to say she she's looks got like, like a babushka on. When the mom in A Christmas Story is outside in the winter. Yeah. She's got that giant coat and the, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They're all miserable except for the dad because of how cheap this is, even though this is a very expensive RV, as we find out later. And then Pop pulls up right beside them with the RV from the beginning. Uh Uh-oh. Which pisses Harry off, and he goes to talk to them, and then Pop talks about his memories, about his son Bernie, which is we know is not good because Pop's an asshole. Immediately disarms fucking dumbass Harry. Yeah, Harry totally vibes out Oh, you've got a son? Well, I have a son, so we're Family the same. Bonding. It's fine. You can park right <laughs> inside of our camper. Why don't you? So yeah, he, well, he's gonna go away a little bit to sort of give them some space. Just a little bit. This guy's totally no good. Mm-hmm. Then he gets his axe out and sticks it in a stump. Sort yeah, of thing. he's like, ha ha. Which really impresses the son. He's like, oh dad, what? There's he, really fish out there. What's he doing over there? I gotta here? go talk to him why, about fire and fishing. Why, son? He's why he's he's chopping up some wood to make a fire. <laughs> Except his accent is crazier than that. Tracy gets some really good zingers in oh, with her definitely. brother. Will you stop that? I'm trying to read. I didn't think you knew how. 
listen, you little brat. Just because I was forced to come on this stupid vacation with you doesn't mean that I have to listen to any more of your smart-ass remarks. And what are you gonna do about it? How about this, you miserable little shit? Ow! I really liked Tracy as a kid. She's the most fleshed out character in this. She should have been the main character. I wanted her to come back at the end. She should have. And then like, survived. help, help. And then, or not even help it. Like she, she has up. The, she has the ax. She fucking. Yeah. He's trying to get the girl in the, in the truck and she just like kills him. What that's, if, that's the better ending. What if she had <laughs> saved Denise? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Debbie. It would have been so. Yeah. It would have been so. That's what I'm saying. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Like at the so end, good. if when Debbie's in the car and he like, is like, grr, and then she like comes up from behind and like axes mm-hmm. him. I think that would have been better. We should have written this movie. It would have been as more satisfying. Why don't we do a rewrite? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Remake Moonstock or 2020. Um, so that night, they all sit around the campfire together talking about Bernie and his love yeah. of deer, which they mentioned several times. The dad's really name is it, Bromley. It adds also. anything. Uh, but he's he just wants to get called Pa. pa. I think he said his name is like Ben Bromley or yeah. something like Bob Bromley, something like that. Well, right? and then dad and then his son's Bernie, like awful, <laughs> awful. And just like Tracy and Mikey, why are you giving both of your kids E names on the end? Diminutive, I guess. Ooh. Uh, Pop is very impressed by their RV and all of its amenities. Yeah. It's got a microwave. Which Bernie always wanted to get his mother a microwave and he never got the chance. Even though there was no electricity in the house. It's played like this very sincere and thoughtful thing. And I'm just like, this is very funny. (laughs) Like, it's very weird, dumb story to have it be like about a microwave. Awful face. Like his teeth, I mean, are like... Yeah. Some sort of uniform shade of caramel. And he gives more of the background on Bernie about how he got sick and had to go to an upstate hospital. And then, like, Harry's prying, well, what kind of sick? And there's, like, Nerves, a, a man. yelp, like, oh, from in the RV, which is very obviously human, but Pop yeah. tells the fan that it's just bears. And these city is. idiots by hook, line, oh, and sinker. Of course. Ha, ha, ha. What was wrong with the boy? It's nerves, Harry. Just nerves. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> Probably just some old black bear out looking for his lady friend. There's bears around here? And then he, he says... F- he gets pretty fresh with the axe. You can't trust anyone around here. <laughs> and then he dramatically smashes the axe into the stump. Which spooks him. And they're like, okay, bedtime. Okay, goodbye, good night, later, <laughs> hello. But even though this makes the dad nervous, yeah. seemingly, later he's completely dismissive. They do a weird fake out where Pop tells them, like, hold on. And it, they all turn around and together like, at the same Ooh. time. Same time, like a deer in headlights. I think it was also supposed to be a fake out like we think he's gonna stab them but he's just returning their cake yeah the last slice of cake chocolate cake that she made herself and he brings that cake to the rv where we see that bernie's all chained up fully covered in like a spooky sheet sort of it's like a he's got like a white pumpkin on his head it looks like basically i liked it i thought it was effective i don't know why they made him take it off yes for the rest of the movie well i i want to talk about that in depth later okay (laughs) he's very excited 
to eat this chocolate. Yes. Drink as his father shoves it in his mouth. And it's getting all over this nice white straitjacket and hood. Yeah. It's so, and the hood has like square holes for the mouth and two square holes for the eyes. Like it's a weird jack o' lantern. Pop tells him about all of the RV stuff the other family has, mm-hmm. like color TV, so he can watch cartoons all he wants. All he wants. And they can make us so much chocolate cake in this fancy ass RV uh, microwave. Yeah. This microwave is a major plot point. Tracy decides to leave and go down to the river with a beer, a cigarette, and her music. I love this because she's been complaining the whole time about how how cold it is. Yeah. And yet, nothing's cooler than she is. And when they show Harry and Vera again, Vera is fully in curlers, despite the fact that her hair was bone straight. But I, I think I they were trying to that, age her. Because I don't think she was like much older than the rest of the cast. I don't know. Uh, I thought it also she's staring out the window because she's like, that old man, I just don't trust him. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Harry's like, oh, he's harmless, etc." What? He's crazy. Down by the river, mm-hmm. Tracy has herself a smoke and a drink. Cue the moonshot, which they use all the time. It's the, That means there's a murder. And the music. Uh-oh, uh, murder music. Bernie gets released from the RV and unchained so he can go get the family. He's still in a straitjacket and with his stained mask on. Pop threatens that if he goes back to, like, he's going to go back to the hospital. If and he this time he do won't it. break him out. And then he's like going to turn on his dad. And Bernie does the same thing that the family did, where it's like a a turnaround Mm -hmm. with that noise and ominous lighting on his face. Nice. Yeah. So he creeps around outside the RV and Vera hears him. Mm -hmm. And then he pops up in the window behind them. And they slow turn simultaneously in unison, synchronized turning. And they look at him, and he bursts through the glass. Just as they show Tracy listening to her music so she can't hear their screams. Because it's too loud. I didn't like that all of the kills were off screen in this. And they weren't... I did The special yeah. effects were lacking. Yeah, maybe that's why. Like, even when it's an on-screen kill, the blood was like... I'm Not th- great. I'm throwing one, one like rope of blood well, against the wall. There was a wall. severe lack of blood in general in this movie mm-hmm. <laughs> where there should have been. But hey, you, I'm sure they did the best yeah. they could. So. Uh, so Tracy walks back to the RV mm-hmm. to try and sneak in, but the door is locked. And, and then like, come on, let me in. Out pops Pop and Bernie. Uh-oh, and the corpse of her brother. She runs into the snowy woods and Bernie chases after her. Out. I don't know. I like we said. I was hoping she would be the final. I girl. was like, "Fuck yeah, she got away." She's so sassy, and I felt bad for her because it's like classic, like the problem in The Shining, where you leave footprints in the snow, so you're basically fucked. And then Pop slips on some ice and smashes his head while holding a microwave. Yeah, and dies. So he dies. But here's another thing that they conflict because they say later that he didn't have a mark on him and he died of a heart attack. Yeah, but he clearly falls heavily. I think it showed his head bleeding. Yeah. Very weird. Yeah. But also, very funny too. Also, like out of nowhere, like all of a sudden he's like, go get him. I guess it's to be like, oh, his the last person who could control him is dead. Oh, true, 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 true. And it's all because of this microwave. <laughs> Unfortunately for Tracy, it is very easy for Bernie to follow her footsteps in the snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like the footsteps in the sand, but with murder. Yeah. But then he just, like, stops and breaks his chains with the axe. And he's, like, hooting and hollering. Yeah. Screaming, and he 
buries the axe right into a piece of wood. Rawr. Cut to elsewhere in the woods where there is camp counselor training going on, of course. Uh, we meet two more of our characters, the gross dudes who love women, mm-hmm. Ron and Bobby. Bobby is lays it on a little thick, as yeah. he says, or as I like to say it, <laughs> constantly sexually harasses all the women. Anyone who is remotely feminine. They are expecting two more counselors, Debbie and PJ. And then cut to PJ pulling up to the RVs in his big old truck and cowboy hat. Because he doesn't know where else. He's totally lost. Where's the wilderness camp? Yeah. And, and no one's Harry's head. Uh-oh. Jumps back in the truck and then he gets strangled with a chain from behind. Through one of those death. truck windows to the bed. Very, I was always suspicious of those. And back with our counselors, we meet Debbie, who gives, like, everything Bobby's giving to her right back at him. Oh, yeah. And he's like, what a bitch. Is she she a lesbian? lesbian? I mean, excellent skewering of that type of guy, although it doesn't really go anywhere later. And she doesn't want to wait with them because she's an adult person who can find her own way there. And she's got a car, goddammit. Bobby continues to sexually harass her mm-hmm. by being like, I got a tent. Yeah. You can come in. We can have a private orientation in my disgusting tent. <laughs> yeah. And then the untimely demise of Tracy. She sees the truck lights coming mm-hmm. and opens the door. And she's like, thank God you stopped. And for some reason, the cab of your truck is pitch black, but it's fine. Can I get in? Oh, wait, there's an axe right there. Yeah. I better run Prometheus style. Of course, she just runs straight ahead instead of going back into the woods. She Very gets run over. And then she's in a ditch. Well, like just lying in a snowbank. We don't see her get cut up yeah. or anything. So to me, I was like, okay, there she's. She's literally put on ice yeah. for later. She's going <laughs> to rise I thought, up. I hoped so, yeah. But no such no. luck. When Debbie's driving up to the camp, her car dies, which is of very course. ominous, and it would really suck. Yes. Were all cars just terrible in the 80s? Like, were they constantly breaking down? I think American-made cars, maybe. Ah. Because they would... I don't know. I listened to an NPR about it and they would be like, the car has to leave the manufacturer no matter what. You can't stop it. Even if you've made a big mistake while putting it together, it needs to get out the door. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know. I guess lots of the serial killer victims were either like needing roadside assistance or falling for people who needed roadside assistance. Who were like, help me with the shit that I got into my car. The pickup truck pulls up to this checkpoint and nearly runs Ron off the road. And he's like, what... What is the meaning of this, you jerk? Yeah, you got to go up the road and take the left to the get to the wilderness camp. Completely stone faced. Where the fuck did Bernie learn how to drive a car? I don't know. Maybe well, I his guess dad... his dad drove. Yeah, I don't like it. I'm suspect. <laughs> Ron and Bobby can finally head to the camp too, but they come across Debbie and give her a ride, yeah. which is awesome because it gives Bobby a chance to touch her some more. Yeah, and be like. <laughs> And then Ron gets to be the good one by exam- like con- comparison. Meanwhile, Bernie comes up on these tents where the counselors are staying. He sort of peeps on them. And to all see of them are just doing. like, again, just like, whatever. Yeah. Ha, 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 ha. I mean, how could they not see this giant lumbering hulk of a person? Also, sorry if you hear jingling in the background. Our dog is eating very, very loudly. And we can't stop her. There were lots of these like long lingering shots, which I liked. Me too. Um, one of the women, I guess her name is Jane. I don't know that they actually say it 
until after she's dead or something. Yeah. Um, so she goes to shower, of course. Um, and somebody creeps up on her and they want you to think that it's Bernie, but the shirt is totally different and immediately gives away. It's some dude named Seattle. <laughs> oh yeah. Who we never, do we ever hear his name spoken? Yeah. Out loud? I think they say it again after, but they're like, where's Jane in Seattle? Ugh. And they immediately start making out. Came to dry off the spots you couldn't reach. Yeah. She also only the front and like, like tiara portion of her hair is wet. <laughs> the back of it bone dry and yeah. there is so much water. How are they getting? I guess is there like a physical place? Very strange. Like yeah. how they're getting all this water into this tent. I'm not sure. Um, Debbie, Bobby, and Ron all roll up, which makes Bernie go away. Mm-hmm. But our two lovebirds, Jane and Seattle, are going to go to the supply tent to bone down because they have 30 minutes, which is twice as long as they'll need. Ha ha ha! They start stripping down and making out in there. Mm-hmm. I feel like. It needs to be said that all of these tents are very close together, but nobody hears anything happening in this entire oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Even it, like even when people are screaming and stuff. Yeah. It's very frustrating. Anyway, Bernie walks off to his house. Yeah. Uh, his old house, which begs the question, why are they stealing RVs? Right? Like the the dad was like, we're going to go back to your house in style. Yeah. But like you're already like basically there. Seemingly, it's in walking distance. There's a lot of things that are apparently in walking distance we see when, like, the lights are on. (laughs) Maybe it's to be, like, the dad is, like, encouraging him to kill. I guess, yeah. But it's, like, a too much backstory for me. He finds his mother's necklace and has a flashback remembering how she told him this is their home and nobody can take it away from them. Mm -hmm. He pockets it, which I thought was going to come back again. Never does. I thought he was going to get shot there and it was going to like, like you know, that oh, old fall nugget. Out. I th- or like hit it. Oh, that would have been good. And that's how he lives. See, I thought Denise was going to pick up some of her jewelry. Debbie. Debbie, pick up some of her jewelry and be like, I'm your mom or something. <laughs> oh, like a... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Friday the 13th sort of deal. Because it was so... Like, it was. it only happens once in the whole movie, but it seems like, oh, that's a thing. Well, they also show him looking at all of these murder weapons yes. that he never uses. It's a very, like, Tarantino and Pulp Fiction when Bruce Willis is deciding on what he's going to, like used yeah. to kill the rapists it's exactly the same he goes from small implements to larger farm equipment yeah, there's an axe a bear trap chains and you're like whoa saws, this is gonna be crazy a pitchfork and then he decides to pick up a dagger and like why a dagger not a even, hunting knife sure like not even a, a hunting knife like a weird it's got this weird like almost like spoonbill beak yeah it's like a sacrificial dagger or something really weird like a letter opener really yes and then he just sits outside. On the porch. Yeah. Hmm. Back with our campers, Ron is very pissed uh, yeah. because Regis, who is, I guess, the head counselor, he, he's like the trainer. Yes. Clearly a Vietnam War veteran who never fully left. Yeah. He says PJ hasn't checked in yet. Uh, and uh, Ron is like, well, he's a maniac. I'm yeah. so angry. Gosh darn it, I'm flying off the handle and I'm yelling. If Regis is like, well, he already prepaid for everything, and out of 12 kids, only seven showed up, so we need this to break even. First of all, you have to collect payment in advance. You he did. This no, was like prepaid. I know, oh, but for the, like, other people, for the yeah. 12, and also, the entire time that he's doing this, he's cleaning his big black gun. 
So the guy doesn't stop for hitchhikers? Doesn't exactly make him Jack the Ripper, does it? <laughs> I'm just going to dismiss all your concerns. Also present is Marcy, his wife. His slam piece. Who is just standing diligently in the background, not saying a word. Yes. Uh, the lovebirds, Jane and Seattle, are boning down, and I liked this. The moonlight suddenly starts growing on the back of the guy's head. Oh, uh, I was going to say, when they first start, they keep laughing because they have to. he has to take off all of these layers yeah. and layers of clothes because it's winter. There were good parts about yes. this movie. Oh, definitely, definitely. But yeah, so suddenly the moonlight's shining in the tent. Yeah. But how can that be? And then she sees Bernie cut through the tent and he kills him. Ah, and she screams. Yep. Uh, back with the counselors, Ron and Debbie flirt. Uh, he brings her to her tent where she meets Sophie and Vicky. Mm -hmm. Vicky's like, ooh, another victim. Or Sophie says that? I don't know. Who cares? Sophie is Pamela it. Ross of Sorority House Massacre. Um, so she has to go off and try and find Jane. And this she goes to the shower, mm -hmm. but she only finds underwear. And they all think it's very funny when she brings it to the bonfire. Yeah, and they had left the water running. Yeah. Like, if, the, if they had to lug water up to this fucking place, they must not have, because later we see, a, like, a spigot. Yeah. It's very unclear well, to me. Well, campsites do have showers, so maybe we're supposed to believe it's, like, one of those, but it fully looked like a tent. I think it was a tent. Yeah, I don't know. It is very strange. Um... Uh, the bonfire meeting that they oh, yeah. so the whole time these counselors are talking about this bonfire meeting in 15 mm -hmm. minutes it's uh -oh. 30 minutes it's much talked about it finally starts and regis is like ron i need to talk to you four people are living he missing he's like fucking livid yeah he's like you're supposed there's no discipline here he tells God him to go find it. him and then immediately is just like no forget it we'll put them on latrine duty that'll show them they'll learn now like just i don't know it was strange blaming him for something that's not his fault was very like come on sergeant you gotta get your privates in order and he goes off about how they're gonna have to work so hard for this certificate which is very important to them because they won't have to be waiters or kids or whatever and it will They'll allow be wilderness them super Certified. It'll allow them to work at the most elite wilderness camps in the country. <laughs> well, they'll make a lot of money and they won't have to tell bedtime stories and shit. One of the deputies pulls up and asks if they have young girls there. Which was... Ooh. And then he peels out. But I guess he tells them about the campsite yeah. murder. But he doesn't because they say it's just a legend. Well, he tells Ron some maniac sliced up a family by the road. But then... They say that was just the story when he's at the, when they're talking about around the campfire. Oh, I thought it was like, uh, uh, Bobby was saying, oh, you know, I, I believe that it happened because in 1975, there was this other big slaughter. Yeah, maybe that was the context. I don't know. It just seemed like, uh, it was all just like a, a story. Why else would the cop with his giant hat? I'm not kidding you. Biggest hat I've ever seen. Yeah. In my entire life. Yeah. Even among like big like cowboy hats. Regis and Marcy talk about discipline, which really gets Marcy horned up. She loves discipline. Apparently so. All of these people are very horny. It's not an ounce of discipline in the whole bunch. Oh, now they're just kids, huh? They don't understand discipline. 
the way we do. Not too many people do understand, Marcy. Let's go into the tent. The kids entertain themselves, yeah. No. You go ahead. I gotta run a security check. Don't you be too long now. Marcy will have to discipline you. How they could you immediately not be? pair off to mm -hmm. have sex with each other. Which is going to make the next couple weeks, I assume, maybe a week, very uncomfortable for everyone. Yes. It's ironic because none of them survive. Friday the 13th logic, I guess. Uh, Bobby makes a crazy pike out of a knife. Which he just tapes to the end of a stick, I think? Yeah. I yeah. assume to roast marshmallows because the rest it. of them are roasting marshmallows. Oh, I thought he was doing it to be like, we'll get the killer with this. Oh, no, no. I think it was for the marshmallows. <laughs> okay. And he talks about the murders. Mm -hmm. In the tent, Marcy gets ready and she's like almost Linnea Quigley, sort of without the charm. She's wearing camo bikini or underwear. Bandolier of bullets. Yeah. And she's putting on a bunch of like face War paint. paint. War she's paint. got a bull whip. Which she's cracking. You know, Linnea Quigley wears something very similar, I think, in Nightmare Sisters. Like it's pretty much exactly the same. Anyway. Makes sense. I was so pissed because that introduces that bullwhip, and I'm like, oh, that bullwhip's going to yeah. come back into play sometime. So Bobby explains to the others that in 1975, a guy named Bernie who lived in a cabin with his folks, mm -hmm. and one day they got the notice that they're turning the area into a campsite. They're going to plow right through their house. What a rip. They want to kick the family out. The deputies go toss them out, and then Pop whips out his gun. His wife gets shot. Pop goes to jail. Bernie yeah. went into the woods and stayed chopping wood and going crazy until they opened the road. And the tourists started, and then Bernie started axing everyone. And he built a big pile of their limbs like it was firewood. Ooh. Urban Sprawl as a villain. Yeah, and it also sort of reminded me of, um, like... Uh, Just Before Dawn? No, it, it was this Ruby Ridge, because that's basically what happened. They were like, you can't live in this cabin up here because we think you're uh, anti-government seditionists. And the the people in the cabin were like, wait a minute, the government's trying to... Well, then we are anti-government. <laughs> and then uh, it ended up with the wife being shot. But the police didn't realize they had shot her. So the rest of the family went like extra... Shit. Yeah, that's crazy. It was very similar to them. Marcy practices her kung fu. Yes, while whipping. Until Bernie comes up and axes her to death. And she's like, you better stay back or I'll cut you off at the knees. Which he does to her and somehow oh, kills her. Oh, Jesus, I didn't. Yeah. It really pissed me off because you fucking take that whip, cut, get his eye. Get his fucking eye. And again, somehow unnoticed. I guess we're supposed to be like, because she's playing that music. I don't know. Uh, the kids tell what's his face. Oh, it's your song. Yeah, because it's like Vietnam song. Oh, gotcha. Like commonly associated yeah, with Kubrick. That makes sense. I didn't even think or about that. Or not Kubrick, whatever. Uh, Paul Clips now. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Bobby tries to pick up Victi. Vic, Victi. Victi. Uh, but Vicky, mm -hmm. <laughs> and she turns him down, and then she feels bad for hurting his feelings. And I was like, ooh, gross message to send. Because like immediately after he turns her down, or she turns him down, he he stamps off in a big huff like yeah. mm, why don't girls like me 
Sophie wants to go take a hot shower and get some other dude that popped up. Yeah, I guess his name's Chet. Uh, wants to walk her mm-hmm. to her, her tent, which is five feet away. I don't really know to protect her from yeah. the maniacs. <laughs> Debbie and Ron talk about the Bernie story some more, mm-hmm. and he tells her about the cabin in the woods and she immediately is like i need to go see this let's go let's go right now terrible idea but i guess it gets them out of the way so the rest can be murdered plausibly and she's also like oh i'm so cold it's so cold here yeah oh but no i'm not tired i'm wired (laughs) let's go to the cabin oh boy Vicky comes in and apologizes to Bobby and she tells him he just comes on too strong, which he knows. Very uncomfortable to watch. She smooches him. The whole time, the moon is aggressively shining through the hole in the supply tent where the other two were murdered and there is no blood. None whatsoever. Apparently, as we find out, like one of the bedrolls has an arm in it but again no bloodless blood. <laughs> he must be like some sort of weird vampire vacuum yeah and then immediately after regis goes into his tent and again no blood he doesn't notice the dead woman in On front of right his face there. no he sees her severed legs and doesn't notice that they're severed he, he hanging thinks from she's the up there yeah what? he pulls her legs down and then he sees her dead uh and bernie comes up behind and cuts both of his arms off oh no just as he was about to shoot him and then shoots him to death with his own gun it was the gun in his mouth it was very weird and i did not care for it uh metaphor for the vietnam war how so uh i didn't pick up on any of this vietnam stuff this is full you okay invading occupying force in the woods oh taking over their homeland and kill the parents uh, bring some good stuff like the 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 science the microwave yeah oh okay and stuff like that but ultimately is it worth it when you have to fight and give up your humanity again sorry about the dog she's feeling very spicy today for some reason mm-hmm. she always gets jealous when we're recording yeah <laughs> uh debbie and ron stop to rest in the woods on their way to the cabin yeah just sit down and look at the cabin she's enamored with the woods because it's so primitive and whatever yeah and he's just like oh you know there's bears and stuff and bigfoot flipped over a jeep and stuff also (laughs) around here so there's other things to be scared of too sophie and chet get to the shower and we see the silhouette of them on the outside Mm -hmm. how did they not notice him he must have been standing right there yeah with a spotlight on him she strips down and starts Mm -hmm. showering in her pants yeah it was very strange she strips him down one thing i will say is that the women in this movie seem to have sexual agency. Yes. And they were the initiators. And Chet was like, I don't know. What if someone sees us? Yeah. It was like very much a role reverse in the universe. Exactly. So we see a spectral hand come and, not a spectral hand, but like it's it's the killer. And yeah, he turns the hot water on. When they die, she like gets mildly scalded in the face to death. And she screams in pain. And then he gets axed. And there's a very small spurt, like a lazy spurt of blood. Yeah, this is, the way this is edited is very weird. Like, you bounce around a lot. Like, yes. It goes from them just, like, hanging out of the shower to Debbie being an idiot and falling in the river, and then Ron does too. And I think Ugh. it was 
to show the like juxtaposition between Sophie and Chet in the hot shower and there in the cold. Oh God. Yeah. I didn't even pick up on that, but it was really annoying. Cause he was like, don't go over there. I'm the experienced wilderness guy. And she's like, no, let's just like walk across this <laughs> half frozen, uh, big ass puddle. And, and she drags him like into it. Now that they're working on this hypothermia, mm-hmm. they finally get to the cabin uh, to howling wolves. And there's so much wood piled up now yep. in front of the house. Uh-oh. They go inside and they have to strip down because their clothes are cold and, and wet. soaking wet. Uh, they cuddle up in the singular blanket that's the, available. The one blanket that he knows for a fact is there. It's the only one. Don't even bother looking for another one. That's weird. Yes. But a lot of things. Let's figure out I guess people must just hang out in this house all the time. Cut back to the RV mm-hmm. crime scene where the deputies are all around and get another character thrown at us. Uh, enter that like alcoholic detective looking yes. like Benicio del Toro, like fully he's ragged. He's drinking a coffee out of a styrofoam cup. He's he's got giant circles under his eyes, terrible haircut, and he like also there's a deputy there who I mistook for a child, and I feel very bad about it, <laughs> but I could not unsee it for the rest of no, the movie. She's just a very small woman. Very small, very youthful. Another thing that doesn't make sense is he says that he heard about the murders last night. Yeah. This has been the same night, as far as we know. Yeah. That's so true. Because, like, yeah, he runs down Tracy and then he goes... So fucking weird. Anyway, this detective ends up being the guy from Bobby's story with his finger bit off. Because, yeah, Bernie bit his finger off. And and they make sure to show you. Because his hands... Pointing in front of his face all the time, very in your face with it. He immediately knows this is Bertie, and he goes off to go to the wilderness training camp. And how can the other cops not know who Bernie is? How, what? Meanwhile, Bernie is setting this, like, uh, those Halloween costumes where it's like the Jackson 5. Yeah, or the YMCA dancing, yeah, yeah, yeah. where they're all connected by a pole yeah. and four dummies. It's see, it, to me, it reminded me of that, and also um, in Home Alone when Kevin sets up that big yeah, yeah, pantomime. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the house to to fool them. Uh, so it, it's this like a board tied between two trees. Mm-hmm. And he ends up putting all of the bodies up against it. So they're like swinging back and forth and he's playing a recording of them singing like Kumbaya or something. Yeah, something like that where they're just swaying back and forth. And at first you're like, what is he fucking doing? Yeah. Whatever. Uh, Bobby and Vicky sit around their own little fire Mm -hmm. while he laments about how girls don't like him. This guy's an incel. Yes. (laughs) But I mean, I guess I sort of appreciate... The only thing that I appreciated... And it, not enough to redeem the character by any stretch of the imagination, is that he's like, he's like, you know, I rag on other people for being assholes, but I'm the real asshole. <laughs> he's stunned that Vicky, Vicky actually likes him, which she shows by tussling his hair before the kiss. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. Were we supposed to find him charming? I don't know. I found him to be a major asshole. I mean, to be honest, he was probably the best looking guy in the movie. Yes. He's like Alec Baldwin in Beetlejuice. Yes. With the glasses and everything. Yeah, but his character's trash. Mm-hmm. 
Um, they roll out the sleeping bag and find the arm inside. And again, surprisingly large, like, lack of blood. Yes, no blood at all. In fact, to the point where they think it's fake. They smooch for a little bit more before deciding to go back to his tent. Well, they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll have sex by the fire. Hand ruins that. And then they go back to the tent. And they put the fire out, which just ends up being like a smoke signal for Bernie. Yeah, it was like a "Are you afraid of the dark?" level. Yeah, like one one thing <laughs> huge of huge pillar of smoke. Yeah, and then again another one where he's stalking them from like what two feet away. It's so annoying. Crunch, 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 and the way that he walks is like he doesn't have any joints in his arms or legs. Yeah, so it should be fairly obvious. Our intrepid detective gets stuck in the snow. Right. You'd, you'd think he'd be smart enough to get winter tires in this environment. Right? And it's right beside the other car, yeah. the blue car that got stuck earlier. <laughs> Which broke down. Mm, Did mm-hmm. it get stuck? Uh, Bobby... so it's just like a bad spot for cars. Yeah, right? I guess. It's like a Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Bobby realizes that somebody's following them, and he throws something to try and distract him, and... The guy literally walks, like, Bernie walks right by them without noticing. It was so strange. But then Bobby steps out to scold him, thinking it's PJ. Yeah, he wants like, to throw down. Yeah. Uh, let's fight. Come on, man. How dare you? Who do you think you are? And then he pulls out a knife, and he's like... The dagger. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I, someone could get hurt with that. Yeah. Well, what do you think is fucking going to happen? And he he's, gets it right in the forehead. He throws it, like... Yeah. Vicky runs off into the woods and then we get back with Ron and Debbie who mm-hmm. are smooching by the fire. She's like, "Is was this your plan the whole time? No sense. Makes no sense. Yeah, and he's like, well, I mean, you f- you are the one who fell in the fucking water. You are the one who asked me to take you here. Yeah. But it's like it's like they've been dating for like two years. It's strange. It's like Aaron Sorkin level snappy dialogue back and forth. And she decides this is the perfect time to investigate the rest of the cabin. Because he's like, no, maybe I will kiss you then. (laughs) She opens this door, which is stuck, and an axe falls out right between her feet. And this room is filled with weapons. Yeah, it's the implement room and a broken bed that's all piled up for some reason. There's a machete in there that, what's his face? Ron fools around for a little bit. I'm going to get you. Ah. It shows Bernie pulling the wires out of the cars, which... The truck. He only does it on the truck, doesn't he? It's bizarre. Doesn't make sense. Vicky gets mm-hmm. back to the campsite and she finds that nobody's there. Uh, she starts the truck, but takes her sweet ass time to revel in the fact that it started. Well, because the truck doesn't start, and then she goes to this other car, doesn't she? Right beside it, and yeah. she's like, "Yes." But the fucking guy was on top of the roof this whole time, and she didn't notice. And he grabs her, and he strangles her. <laughs> The detective comes across the dismembered bodies of the counselors, mm-hmm. winking like by the fire, Walk, rocking yeah. back and forth, and they're animated by Vicky's struggling against the noose that she's hanging. Exactly. Oh no! I thought it was kind of cool. I guess. I mean, it was, but it was like I could not suspend my disbelief that much. No, and he like Vicky's still alive, but the cop finds her slowly hanging to death. So he's like, "Oh, I got to save her." 
But then he gets speared with the marshmallow spear because he, the the killer, Bernie, is up in the tree just waiting for this exact. There's like a lot of convenient, like yeah. he's, he's right a very there. busy killer. He's right there, and Vicky dies. Mm-hmm. She gets hung to to death because he drops the big piece of wood. Uh, at the cabin, Ron gets axed. Very, he's dispatched very quickly. I love this because I did not really like Ron very much. No. And like, like he's like walking backwards down the stairs. Like, come on, we'll go back to the fucking thing. We've got our clothes are dry now. Axe to the back. Yeah. <laughs> this guy comes out of nowhere. Debbie runs in and grabs the machete that she and Ron were playing with mm-hmm. earlier. Bernie starts breaking in the door. Yeah. But then somehow it's the female deputy who sticks her head through. But and I this think is... she was already dead. Me too. And I wanted to say this. But when? Exactly. How? But was the whole reason why PJ was wearing those big glasses and the big ass hat so that he looked like a cop in the end enough to where he, she would try to cut a cop's head off by Maybe. accident? I don't know. That pisses me off to no end. Yeah. So she machetes this cop and then she goes to leave and Bernie's just laying on the floor and he gets up, of course. Yep. And they run into the woods. Um, I don't know. There was nothing suspenseful or even very good about it, to be honest. No, she's just running. She gets back to the main campsite. Mm -hmm. She sees all the carnage uh, in the police truck. She gets in the fucking passenger side. (laughs) This pissed me off so much. Like you, and she's also like, I'm going to look in the window. She takes 15 seconds by the time she gets to the door to open it. And I was like, Come on, do you want to live or what? She grabs a big gun and Bernie comes along and she shoots him. In the so this head. is when uh, Tracy should have come back, as we yes. said at the beginning. Yeah, but also, is it is it Bernie that he killed? I guess not. Who was it though? It was the other cop, and oh. then he switched clothes with them. Oh, which he has done. He did with PJ. Yeah, but it was just like ugh. I hate that as a trope. Cut to the next day. Another deputy and some dude are recounting the events. Yeah. The paramedic pulls up, uh, carrying the live ones. The deputy goes to check on the bodies. We see that uh, the detective is still alive. Somehow still alive, despite being completely... Impaled. Impaled. Uh, Debbie has apparently gone insane or something. She is in a straitjacket, and she smushes her face up against the window to scare the crap out of the deputy. It's so dumb. Ah! (laughs) Yes. And like also... What what a crappy stereotype to reinforce. Yeah. Like any sort of... It's sort of like Friday Part 3 at the end, I guess, but like... I hated it. And what I really didn't, really, really didn't like about it is that Debbie had no idea that all the other... She barely saw it. Right? She barely saw anything. So why would this happen like that to her? And then another cop van drives by. We see that it's Bernie. Ah, also dumb. Oh, no. And she waves him right through, even though he has a very distinct face, despite half of it being covered by... Very similar to the ending of Hide and Go Shriek. (sighs) (laughs) I don't know. I definitely had problems with this movie, but... For a low budget it's movie, it's very enjoyable. It it's not it's fully available on YouTube mm-hmm. if you want to watch it. Um I don't know. It's it made that letterbox it's something format we'll breathe a bit. Watch 
again. Yes. Um, I don't know when. In a long time. But it's not something I'll be like, oh, like Sorority House Mask. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, oh, I really like this movie. I could just like throw this on and be like. Any old time. Taken into the 80s. Because it's such like a picture of it. Just so much of this movie was inconsistent and like didn't make sense. And the kills weren't very good. Because most of them were either off screen or obscure. Yeah. I don't know. It had moments of greatness or potential for greatness. Potential for greatness. Like potential intrigue anyway. I liked a lot of the cinematography, but there was just so much of it that was like, why are you showing him just clopping through the woods? It'd be interesting to see this movie restored. Yeah. If in HD. might not even be possible. Hell yeah. Who knows if someone still has this thing. Shout factory. Get on it. Um, Six degrees of Jamie Lee before we say goodbye here. Blake Gibbons, our killer, mm-hmm. was in The Legend of Butch and Sundance with Michael Bain, who is in Alien 3, with Sigourney Weaver, who is in You Again with Jamie Lee Curtis. Longer than usual. Yes, it was a much longer one. Because a lot of these people in this movie, this was their only acting credit. One and done. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Hmm. Uh, so if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us at Deaf First Blood on Instagram. Definitely. No, nope, fr- the other way. Deaf First Blood on Twitter. Yes. Definitely First Blood on Instagram. And if you want to send us an email, comment on our whiny dogs or yep. whatnot. <laughs> definitely First Blood at gmail.com. As always, if you are would be so kind to write a review of our humble little podcast, but we would no really appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We got to go before our dogs go insane. Yes. So, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.